And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Well, Christmas is coming, and I just wanted to share a little Christmas gift with my listeners on this podcast. This is not exactly an ordinary episode, and I'm not going to try and retell that story in the way that I usually do. But many years ago, I did write a Christmas story based on it. It was back when my children were still little, that time when many Christmas traditions are established in families. And one year, yes, there was something that happened that inspired this story. So, I thought I would share it with you. This is Retelling the Bible. Special Christmas Episode 1 The Tale of the Headless Shepherd Ever since the nativity scene had first been installed in its place of honor on the coffee table, it had acted like a magnet for the children who lived in the household. How could they possibly be satisfied with just setting up the figures in a pleasant arrangement around the Christ child in the manger? On the first day of Christmas, all of the figures, shepherds, wise men, angels, sheep, cattle, camels, even Joseph, were discovered all standing in one long line. Mary was kneeling slightly in front of the manger. It looked like she were charging admission. Come one, come all, she seemed to say. See the newborn king, only ten dollars. You'll never see such a bargain again. On the second day of Christmas, it appeared as if the figures had been frozen in the middle of a football game. The wise men and angels were in a huddle over here. The shepherds and the livestock in a huddle over there. Mary and Joseph seemed to be referees, and the baby Jesus was propped up, looking on as a spectator. 
I must say I felt sorry for the poor little sheep lying on the 50-yard line. On the third day of Christmas, they were holding a party. Someone had gone to a lot of trouble. They all had on tiny little party hats, and there was a banner strung up over the top of the stable. Happy birthday, Jesus, it said. In the center of it all, on a toy plate, fresh and warm from the easy-bake oven, and decorated with colorful icing, was a birthday cake. On the fourth day of Christmas, the camels seemed to have taken up residence on the roof of the stable. Mary and Joseph and the child had moved into the easy-bake oven next door, where they had opened a fast-food restaurant. And the wise men, shepherds, and angels were playing Ring Around the rosy, underneath the Christmas tree. How the sheep ended up in the refrigerator, no one knew. It was on the fifth day of Christmas that the littlest shepherd lost his head. Miraculously, no one seemed to know what had happened to it, or where the head had ended up. He was just standing there, headless, in the very center of the nativity scene, and somehow no one had had the heart to throw him out. In fact, ever since that day, he had become the centerpiece of the whole nativity scene. People noticed, of course. When guests dropped in for a Christmas visit, many of them asked about the little shepherd and why he was there, and where was his head anyway? At first, we didn't know what to say. But after a while, we just started to reply, What? Do you mean to say that you've never heard the tale of the headless shepherd and how he came to be at the manger when Jesus was born? But then, of course, people started asking to hear the story, and before long, we had to make one up. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And Harry was out there with them. Not that he was much of a shepherd. In fact, he had been voted worst shepherd of the year for three years running, which was a record. Sheep under the staff of Harry just had a habit of going missing. He didn't try to lose them. Every night, as he set out, he vowed that he wouldn't let a single one out of his sight for a moment. But something always came along to distract him. And before long, he was watching the flight of birds in the sky or on his knees looking at the ants hard at their work. 
he simply got carried away by the life and beauty that surrounded him. And meanwhile, the sheep wandered off, as sheep will always do, if you give them half a chance. Of course, it wasn't just sheep that Harry lost. He was always misplacing his staff, his bathrobe, the tea towel that he wore on his head. People were always saying to him, Harry, you'd lose your head if it wasn't attached. And it was so true that the name stuck. Everyone called him the Headless Shepherd, or Headless for short. When the angel chorus appeared above the grazing fields, therefore, it was not surprising that Headless Harry was the first one to see them. He had been, after all, lying on his back, counting the stars. And when he heard the music of the angels, and heard the surprising but wonderful news of the birth of a savior, someone who could save the likes of them. He was swept away. The other shepherds started talking as soon as the angels left. How could it be, they wanted to know, that the Messiah would be laid in a manger and not in a golden cradle? And why would angelic messengers be sent to bring the news to such people as them? That didn't seem right. Maybe it was just a big practical joke being played on them by the shepherds over on the next plane. And what were they supposed to do with their flocks while they walked into Bethlehem? They might be gone for hours. And by the time they got back, the sheep might have wandered as far as Timbuktu. But while all the others debated all of the reasons why they shouldn't go to see this wonder that had allegedly taken place, Headless just kept on repeating, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Oh, headless, said all the others. You always were like that. Don't you realize that life is not just a sightseeing tour? There are all kinds of practical details and worries that responsible people like us have to deal with. You wouldn't understand. And do you know what the headless shepherd said? Do you really think that I don't realize that I get so caught up in the wonders of life that surround us that I let 
other things slip? Instead of hurrying to get to an appointment on a rainy day, I end up playing in the puddles. Instead of getting my house all tidy and neat, I usually end up playing a silly game for hours on end. If the world were filled with people like me, nothing would ever get done. And I also know that when things happen, I often react with far too much innocence. I take people at their word. If a shepherd's pie were to drop on my head, I would just eat it. I wouldn't even think about asking a where it had come from. I don't examine the good things that come my way and convince myself that I don't deserve them. And I'll admit that this attitude has caused me my share of troubles, though it has also given me a lot of enjoyment of the simple things in life. My approach to life may not be the best. Indeed, it may be a disaster half the time. But I do know one thing. Sometimes, when God does something really extraordinary, when God touches a life or a people in an incredible way, it is not enough to simply respond with your head. Not enough to just think on it. You've got to lead with your heart. And maybe understanding and reason will come afterwards, and maybe it won't. But that's not what really matters most. When God is at work in this world, you've got to make sure that whatever you do, you're a part of it. You drop everything and leave your head behind if you have to but you make sure that you are there. And so it was that, for once anyways, the other shepherds realized that Headless Harry had got it right. And they went, and they saw, and they returned rejoicing and bearing a message of hope. And yeah, there were parts of what they had seen that they never really understood. And yeah, a few sheep had wandered off while they were gone and weren't found, some of them, for weeks. But once in a while, you run into something that is more important even than that. And so, in your household, if you ever happen to find in your nativity scene a headless shepherd, a three-legged donkey, or a mister, or missus, or non-gender-specific potato head looking on in wonder at the newborn child, recognize what you have seen as a blessing. As we let children work the wonder of play 
creativity and imagination on Christmas. They might make a few theological mistakes, and a few heads may roll. But they may also lead us into deeper truths of Christmas. Lead us deeper than we would have ever dared to go on our own. So, there you go. A silly little story, sure. But it means something to me. You know that I tend to approach the Bible in a very analytical and historically critical way. I honestly love that approach. But this story, for me, is a great reminder that sometimes you need to put all of that aside and just take in the wonder of these amazing stories. That is it for this episode of Retelling the Bible. Subscribe and come back next week because I have another Christmas story for you as our season closer and I think this one's gonna blow your mind. The theme music for the podcast is a duh. The mood music for this episode is Angels We Have Heard On High and It Came Upon Midnight Clear. The music is by Kevin McLeod, is licensed under the Creative Commons and can be found at incompetech.com. You can contact me on Twitter at Retelling Bible, on the Facebook page Retelling the Bible. Show notes for this episode have been posted at retellingthebible.wordpress.com. This is Retelling the Bible, and I have been your storyteller, W. Scott McCandless.